Let's read together Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. Here we read of one of the great miracles in the Bible. The sun stood still in the sky so that Joshua and the children of Israel would have enough daylight to finish fighting one of the major battles of the conquest. Joshua chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass when Adonai Zadok, king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had taken Ai and had utterly destroyed it, as he had done to Jericho and its king, so he had done to Ai and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them, that they feared greatly, because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were mighty. Therefore Adonai Zadok, king of Jerusalem, sent to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Jephiah, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lachish, and the king of Eglon gathered together and went up, they and all their armies, and camped before Gibeon and made war against it. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear them, for I have delivered them into your hand. Not a man of them shall stand before you. Joshua therefore came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that goes to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with the sword. Then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun stand still over Gibeon, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. Let's begin this first section of Joshua 10 now with some background notes. In Joshua chapter 9, the Gibeonites had tricked Joshua and the children of Israel into making a covenant with them. The Gibeonites knew that God had told his people to make a clean sweep of the land. There was to be no coexistence with any of the enemies in the land. God knew that if these pagan nations were allowed to stay there and not driven out, they would contaminate and pollute his people with their gross idolatry, and immorality. However, God had said in Deuteronomy chapter 20 that Israel could make peace treaties with people outside the land. And the Gibeonites had somehow found out about this policy and sent a delegation to Joshua 
making it appear as if they were from a very far country. And Joshua and the children of Israel were tricked into signing a peace treaty with them. And they made the covenant before the Lord, and now it must be honored. So here in Joshua chapter 10, the Gibeonites are calling on Israel to come up and honor the peace treaty because five kings of the Amorites have ganged up on the Gibeonites in view of the peace treaty and in view of the fact that they've sided with Israel. Look at verse 6 once again. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. So Joshua and the army of Israel went up and attacked the five kings and their armies. Thus Joshua not only honored the peace treaty, but also took advantage of conquering five enemy kings at once. And the Lord promised victory. Israel attacked the enemy at dawn after an all-night march of about 25 miles uphill. Let me tell you, these Israeli troops were in shape. The surprise attack routed the enemy, and the Lord fought for Israel by sending hailstones, which killed a number of enemy troops. As the battle continued, more daylight was needed to finish the fighting before nightfall. And so we have one of the great miracles of the Bible. Verse 13, So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped, till the people had revenge upon their enemies. Is this not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and did not hasten to go down for about a whole day. Quite a miracle. The book of Jasher, by the way, is not a book of scripture. I'm sure you're aware of that. And it's not extant today. It contains stories and songs about Israel. You also read about it in 2 Samuel chapter 1. Now exactly what happened in this miracle and exactly how God did it, we don't know. Now, a number of explanations have been given. Most of them, it seems to me, have been to try to help God out so that it doesn't have to be such a great miracle. I mean, one explanation is that certain atmospheric conditions resulted in the refraction of the sun's rays so that daylight was prolonged after sunset. And then there's the idea that Joshua was only requesting relief from the heat of the sun, when he asked the sun to keep still or keep silent. And so God sent a cloud cover. Hey, why not say it's a great miracle and not try to figure it out? After all, verse 14 says, And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. This is a great miracle here. Now, God could have had the sun delay its path in the sky and the moon hold its position low in the sky over the Valley of Agilon in a number of different ways. He's God. He can do miracles. I'm going to wait until I get to heaven to see how God did it. He did it. That's the important point. Now, one more background note. Some years ago, a story got started about the missing day in the universe that had been found by the computers of NASA. Apparently, some well-meaning Christians published this story with exaggeration to back up this miracle of Joshua chapter 10. Well, folks, it's just a story. Don't keep spreading it. It's been checked out and found to be unreliable. 
You see, we just don't have enough data to plug into computers to find a missing day in the universe. Now, that's not to say there isn't a missing day, and there wasn't this long day in the book of Joshua. Well, there's a lot more we could say for background, but we need to move now to our doctrinal or teaching points. Doctrinal or teaching point number one. The Lord can use natural events to help his people. The Lord can use natural events to help his people. In verses 10 and 11, we read, So the Lord routed them before Israel, killed them with a great slaughter at Gibeon, chased them along the road that leads to Beth Horon, and struck them down as far as Azekah and Makeda. And it happened as they fled before Israel and were on the descent of Beth Horon that the Lord cast down large hailstones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than the children of Israel killed with a sword. The hailstorm was a natural event. God used it to help his people. God does the same for his people today. You know, when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to look back and see all the natural events that God used to protect us and guide us and help us in many ways. Illustration, not too long ago I had a flight delay because of bad weather, a natural event. But as a result, I was able to get some important reading and writing done in the airport, which I know I never would have accomplished if we hadn't had that bad weather. Now, I think the specific teaching here is the help that God will give us in spiritual warfare. We have many lessons concerning spiritual warfare in the book of Joshua. All the enemies in the land in the book of Joshua represent forms of spiritual opposition that we face as we seek to possess the spiritual land of spiritual blessings that God has given us in Christ. So here in Joshua chapter 10, we have specific teaching on how God helps us in spiritual warfare. He can use natural and supernatural events to fight for us in spiritual warfare. Illustration. I remember working with some Christian teenagers who told me that one of their teachers was a witch. Now, they didn't mean by this that she looked like a witch, <laughs> but she was actually holding seances and getting some of the kids involved in witchcraft. Well, we began to pray about this matter. A few weeks later, she was transferred. A natural event. The Lord can use natural events to help his people. Doctrinal point number two. The Lord can use supernatural events to help his people. The Lord can use supernatural events to help his people. The Lord not only uses natural events to help us, but supernatural events as well. Miracles. Yes, God can still do miracles. Now, we may not see the sun stand still or see some of the dramatic sign miracles that we have in the Bible, but let's not limit God. Let's not put God in a box and say that he can't do miracles today. Now, let's think of this particularly in the context of spiritual warfare, which is the primary teaching here. You know, every time a person becomes a Christian, a miracle takes place. It's a supernatural event. God uses a miracle to rescue and redeem a person out of Satan's clutches. Another example. You know, I've had students who were quite involved and hooked on drugs before they became Christians. When they accepted the Lord and turned their life over to God, they were delivered from addiction immediately. 
Now, that's a miracle. It doesn't happen in every case. But when it does, you've got to say, that's a miracle. It's a supernatural event. And many other examples could be given. The Lord can use supernatural events to help his people. Practical application. Your prayers can save the day. Your prayers can save the day. Verse 14. And there has been no day like that, before it or after it, that the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. What an amazing answer to prayer. The day was prolonged or literally saved in answer to Joshua's prayer. And remember, the Canaanites worshipped the sun and moon as deities. Now, do you see the play on words in the practical application? Your prayers can save the day. God answers prayer. God knows everything, and he's determined everything. But still, God answers prayer. How it all works together, we don't know, but it does. Notice from verse 12, by the way, that Joshua consulted the Lord first before he made this very unusual prayer. And God answered. Let me ask you, are you facing any problems right now? Do you know any brothers or sisters that are facing big difficulties right now and are in desperate need of special help? Are you praying for them? God answers prayer. Your prayers can save the day.